Hello, friends. The PADS Athlete Development Summit podcast series is extraordinarily fortunate to have Aura Health as a sponsor this year. Founded in 2013, Aura Health is the company behind the health tech wearable, the Aura Ring, which provides actionable insights on sleep and its impact on your overall health. It's used by top performers across a variety of industries, including the NBA, the WNBA, NASCAR, UFC, and more. And in fact, I've got one on my finger, which I had before Aura even thought about sponsoring pads. I can tell you one thing for sure. It's definitely helped me align my sleep, which was an absolute car wreck. The Aura Ring delivers personalized readiness and activity and sleep insights automatically to the Aura app, providing wearers with practical steps for long-term improvement. I can attest to that. The Aura Ring is not a medical device and is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, monitor, or prevent medical conditions or illnesses. For more information, I'd urge you to check out AuraRing.com. And on behalf of PADS, we thank you for your sponsorship of the PADS Athlete Development Summit podcast series. Hi, everyone. Duncan Fletcher here, the Executive Director of PADS. Uh, We are having another conversation with our Athlete Development podcast series. I'm here with my colleague, Stephanie Thorburn. Stephanie, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Excited to be joining everyone today and really excited about the topic. Well, of course, because we're this is going to be the best podcast we've ever done here because we've got uh, two absolute legends in the athlete development world. Uh, very fortunate today to have Kathleen Stroya from the WTA. Hi, Kathleen. Hello, everybody. Very nice to be here. Thank you. And uh, we've got the other legend from uh, down under, uh, bright and early Sydney. We got Paul Heptonstall from the National Rugby League. How you doing, Paul? Hello, Duncan, and everybody. I uh, wouldn't say legend, but I'm very glad to be here. Well, I like that modesty, Paul. It uh, it definitely suits you. So we'll let's dive in, guys. I think um, one of the things we're hoping to have a conversation around as it relates to the to pads and just the athlete development field in general is is helping people understand what exactly it is that PADS does and how it can be helpful. So I think one of the interesting things that would be good good to get your perspective on is when you look at the value of the sharing of information across the athlete development space and how PADS has helped facilitate that, I think it's just kind of good for other people to hear that from folks that are working in this field day in, day out. So maybe I could throw it to you guys, is, is how has that inter-sport collaboration played a role in the work that you do, and, and how has PADS sort of helped facilitate that in some cases? Duncan, I'll start. It's Paul here. Um, look, coming from Australia, you there's often a perception that uh, you're a little bit behind in terms of uh, initiatives and um, progression around supporting elite athletes because we're a smaller country and, and not as uh, affluent and the, the salaries of athletes often isn't as high. And 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 it's a really validating uh, organisation to be part of to, to be able to talk and compare what you do with other sports. Um, being so far away and... and um, you know, and so many people being being um, watchers of American sport that it's just we often wonder what what is everyone else doing. And and to me, often the the best thing is actually just to just to compare and and to validate what you're doing. Are you on the right path? And and I think the the people that that are involved in pads are all like minded people who honestly just really want to care for others and care for athletes. And and to me, that's like a little community to be part of. And uh, it gives me a lot of confidence that what we're doing here in rugby league in Australia is 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 best practice. Because people often ask us, you know, 
what is everyone else doing? And it's just a really validating group you're part of. I think that's, and that's great perspective. Um, again, coming from the, sort of the international viewpoint, which I think is great to hear. Kathleen, uh, what are your two cents on that? Obviously, uh, for those that don't know, Kathleen was a, a critical instigator in actually getting PADS founded uh, as an official organization. So curious to hear your thoughts, Kathleen, as to what, what your experience has been. I think just to compliment Paul as well, um, from an organization standpoint, and what the impetus is, was with us starting PADS was exactly that. It was to set a standard um, to advance the profession of athlete development, to I, I, you know identify um, and define the profession of athlete development, and then also to share proven practices and best practices. And we have realized the benefits of that at an organization level, as well as for the individual athletes along the way where our board of directors and advisors have also been interested in asking what do other sports do? What do other leagues do? And we've been able to share that information across the board um, and, and learn where the, um, as, as programs have been implemented from our colleagues across the um, inter-sport, um, what's worked, what they've tried, what they feel has really made an impact, um, their outcomes. Um, we've been able to share that and learn from learn from other organizations. On an individual level, when programs have been put on um, for individuals and um, and different organizations are tapping into to athletes in other sports, our athletes have also also, also benefited because they've had an opportunity to participate in programs um, where they benefit from interacting with multiple sports and multiple athletes. So it's really been beneficial both from an organizational perspective as well as an individual athlete perspective. Um, a follow-up for you, Kathleen. You know, both you and Paul shared about the benefit of, of PADS, but Kathleen, Kathleen, you've been around since the beginning, since PADS wasn't even PADS. Um, can you share with our listeners who are perhaps new to the summit how it all began, the journey that that you've been down, that PADS has been down, and the summit have been down? Sure, um, with pleasure. I, I, it's a, it's such an exciting initiative, and um, it actually started with the NFL um, Players Association, and back in two thousand and two, where the NFL hosted um, a a group, they began um, and invited the NBA and and collaborated on um, their ideas of athlete development and programs that they had in place and working with their athletes, really discussions around what are the common challenges and opportunities for athletes and what can the organizations best do to service their athletes. Um, As that evolved and more of us were invited to sit at the table and come around and have continue with these discussions and broaden the discussions across sports and um, and around the world we've been we've expanded to international level and um, as well as um, as well as um, you know many sports organizations not not just the professional level sport but also um, down to the grassroots sports so as pads has expanded 
and um, and we formed PADS officially um, in 2011, where we recognized that um, we had um, the opportunity to develop the profession and to offer um, the specialty of athlete development specialist as a formal education, which has now been put in place for a certificate level formal education with universities, as well as continue to collaborate, share um, proven practices, best practices, um, and um, service our athletes so they can be successful. And not to mention the wonderful camaraderie of our of the professionals that are involved, which are just some of the highest level professionals that I've ever met who are very dedicated to what they do. And they're a lot of fun <laughs> to be around as well. So I think the road ahead is is we're, the we're an outright hoot. I would go so far as to say. <laughs> well, that would be from our down under group. Yep, and of course our um, and and Duncan, our leader. And and just um, kind of one more follow up to that with you, Paul. Um, I still remember the first time I met you in Orlando you and Nigel, and when you did your presentation, it, it really brought tears to all of our eyes and, and brought a different perspective of how to approach differences and uh, diversity in sport. How did you hear about the summit? How did you hear about the organization? And um, once you did, what was it that, that kept you around? Well, we actually probably stumbled on pads by mistake. Actually, we... Um... <laughs> When you use the word development in Australia, it's more about athlete development as in skill development. And we had some of our uh, senior people with um, with the National Rugby League visit and and uh, they loved the conference. And this was, a, this was probably a couple of years before I went and they, they came back and they said, this is something that we need to go to from a wellbeing sense, from a holistic sense. Um. So that's where that's where it all started. But I remember I remember going to that first conference, thinking, "What what can we add? What value can we add to this?" And and we actually just often you don't know what you have yourself until you start sharing it with other people and start um and start asking questions of other people. And 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 I feel like we the, the way we we work with our indigenous athletes is is something that I. I think all countries probably aren't proud of initially in terms of equality and and, and care factor and and I think but I think we're all getting so much better at it that um, it was just something that we wanted to share about our uh, our indigenous athletes and our Pacific athletes and uh, which which are about fifty percent of our competition um, and a lot of our our Pacific athletes come from small islands and. Um, but they're they're the best, you know, the best athletes in in our country at the moment, and and um, and it was just really good for us to share that, and and it made us realise that hang about we have got something to offer here. But then we picked up so much from everybody else, and and getting just seeing the NFL and the baseball and basketball and and the golf and tennis all come and ask questions, and the WWE come and ask questions. It's it was actually really good for us that we have got something to offer, but also the fact. I think Kathleen said it was, you know, athletes are all all very similar people. You know, there's a lot of common needs across uh, across all sports and, and wherever you play it. So 
So I think that was probably something that we thought we need to be here every single year and we tried to bring over a batch of people every year so that every time we bring half a dozen people over, they would come back and they would spread the message and, and be so much better at their role. But also we would uplift them for a period of time too because sometimes it's, it's a little bit lonely working in this space because you're helping everybody else. And I actually felt like that was um, – it just gave everyone a spring in their step. It gave them some new ideas, and it was. And as I said before, it's like this family that you feel that you feel part of. And yeah. um, and I think sometimes everyone's more willing and open to share, knowing that there's that everyone's on different levels of their of their of their sports in in terms of how invested sports are in this area. And um, and there's no judgment in that. It's just about a group of people trying to share with each other and, and trying to lift everybody else up. That, that's what I feel is probably the best thing about this group is that everyone's trying to help everyone else. It's not like no one's trying to win. It's just everyone's really trying to share. And I think you feel you, you feel really good if someone takes your idea because that, that's a win for you. You feel like you've been able to help someone else in their role. So yeah, that's the camaraderie in there and uh, the importance of the network. And I know that I could ring anybody at any time and, and ask them a question. Um, but every year we we would love our little trips to to the States and, and um, you know, from a social perspective as much as, as an educational perspective. And um, while via, via um, uh, virtual meetings, it's not quite the same, but it's, you know, it's the next best thing. Yeah, the uh, the virtual component this year, I mean, is definitely not as much fun. Uh, we're we're trying to bring the humor. That's why we've got this crew together here on the uh, on a call today. But yeah, I think what you hit on that, you hit the nail on the head, Paul. Which and, and I think Kathleen, you kind of alluded to it as well, which I think is absolutely critical. Is that we ask our population year after every summit, and we're like, all right, well, what did you guys get out of it? And I think every year you always hear the same thing. It's the opportunity to network and dialogue with with people who are working in the weeds in this industry day in, day out. And I don't think, I really don't think we can diminish the value of that in any way, shape or form. And I think that's the cool thing, which you're alluding to is that this is a group of people who is willing to share. And I think to that end, um, I guess one of the questions I'd have for you guys is that if you guys are looking at the impact it has within your particular organization, and you kind of alluded to it, but it'd be kind of good to you know flesh it out a little bit further. Is is that impact it has by allowing your people to network with other professionals and the value that brings to not only uh, the individual but to your organizations as a whole? Well, Duncan, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, again, I'll I'll, um, I'll start with this one because it, it, I think the the importance of of we're in a little bit more. Uh, we're in a slightly different situation in that, in that we we drive the program on behalf of the governing body and the players association and in our competing clubs and and I think the the most that is the most important that those three bodies are really united in in the approach that they take that we take in this area because you need everyone to be committed to it um, because it's got to be a sincere investment it can't be it can't be a ticker box exercise. It really needs to be a sincere thing. So, um, so to be able to bring those three organisations along on a journey, and for everyone to be really confident that what you're doing is is best practice and and it's validated best practice, it gives everybody a lot of confidence. So people are are, uh, are more confident to invest and say this is what what we're actually doing. So that is what I have found is that. 
um, having having the the uh, the pinnacle of different sports all sharing. Now, whether or not there be the players' association, whether it be the uh, clubs, whether it be the governing body, it's it's really important that often when we will come back from a conference, each of those people will be saying the same thing. We'll make sure that we always bring someone from the players' association and, and clubs and, and yourself. So it's we're united in that approach, and I think from a, from a structure perspective, that really helps in terms of investment and. Um, uh, and accountability to what to what you do. That's great. Thanks, Paul. Kathleen, any thoughts? Uh, from from I, I'd like to just come from a different angle a little bit because our organization has benefited um, again across sport. We have the WTA and ATP are founding members of PADS. And so we truly, as a sport, we have a lot of combined events and we combine on a lot of programs because of it. So um, that has been very valuable to us to, um, to collaborate um, from our learnings um, from attending the PADS Summit and interacting with all the other professional sports. Additionally, it has so much depth. It's brought so much depth to our programs because even beyond our player development programs or, or, or links to the player development programs, how everything overlaps, um, our WTA charities has also become a part of PADS, um, which, um, which is, which is an offshoot or a cascade effect to, um, what some of the other organizations are doing and what we've learned by attending the um, summit and interacting with our colleagues and other sports. And most recently, um, a, a major impact has been the collaboration that I've been able to have um, with writing our COVID protocols for our return to play and collaborating with our colleagues um, from PADS and other sports who have also been on the front line um, in writing protocols for their for other sports. And as Paul eloquently stated, is um, we we're all to, we're all in it together, and so the collaboration and how and the collegiality across the board is just amazing. It's really everybody participating, including what are you doing? Really, collect, bringing coming to the table in a time that um, the the depth and the significance and importance of of health and safety was on the line, and um, and us collaborating and continuing to have those conversations um, was very impactful and, and very helpful. And that was with, that was with many of our members of PADS. I was going to say that collaboration piece um, for as long as I've been around has always been something that's resonated with me. You know, often when you go to conferences there, especially in the world of sports, there's that sense of that competition rather than collaboration. And with PADS, it's always about community and, and supporting one another and learning from one another. And how are you doing this? We should try that. Well, that doesn't work. And I think that's something that really sets this organization apart from so many others, because it is that sense of community and collaboration. And it's not about, well, let me one up you, you know, this organization is better. No, all the organizations are, are striving to do their best and learning from one another. And when information can be shared and um, then you can tweak and apply, you know, what's fitting for your organization, I think is, is so great. And Stephanie, that's a, that's, that's a really good point because I think um, often we try and 
we try and say to clubs that if you invest in your wellbeing program or your development program, you'll have greater success on the field. So we we use use it as a competitive nature and say the more you invest in this, the, the better you will be. And and we will often look at the clubs that are successful and we say, look, they're they're more successful because they have invested in wellbeing. They they're caring about the holistic yeah. side of the of the athlete. So we use that competition from that aspect, but then we uh, in terms of then we say to other clubs, well, look at this club, look what they're doing there, and it, and, it, and it's about sharing. But as I said, it's a badge of honour if someone takes your idea. It's it's like you feel really privileged and really um, you you feel like you're one yourself when you can share. Absolutely. I think that's absolutely phenomenal, and I think that's really reflective. I think what's going on in the uh, uh, within our group. What I guess I want to ask you guys is obviously there's been um, some significant changes in the athlete development world been brought on by COVID. Uh, there's probably no way we can get around that. Having a conversation without talking about COVID would be nice, but unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen for a while. But I guess what I want to ask you guys is that, you know, you, you're, we're hopefully coming out of this, uh, out of this unique environment. Where do you guys see the athlete development world migrating over the coming six, 12, 24 months uh, in your respective sports and maybe just generally your thoughts? I think so much has moved online, which has really been the trying to look at the silver lining of, of what's, you know, what's changed is that it, it's allowed us to have on-demand lessons and on-demand um, information that's available. And so to work either one-on-one with athletes or in groups or offer courses that maybe we would have done in person on site or um, during an event and not everybody would have been in attendance. And so it reaches a broader audience and, um, and it's really, you know, we've been able to be more creative with what we're, what we're offering in that way. Um, so I think that's the immediate, the long term. I still see outstanding growth as, um, as you know, reaching, and we've talked about this before, whether, whether that, that growth for athlete development starts at a younger age, where there's grassroots, um, grassroots program, we, we get a lot of requests for information, continued information about um, youth sports and youth athletics and, um, and athlete development at that level. Just, again, just preparing a young person for um, to be the very best they could be and succeed in athletics and sports along the way, along their journey. So um, I, the, at the professional level, continuation of education, and, um, and that is also at the grassroots level where, where participation continues to be on the rise. And particularly in the COVID and the upcoming months, again, outdoor activities are very much in favor. And so as that participation comes about, there's also opportunities for those youth programs. And we've seen it at, um, at different clubs and academies linking into programs that are going to be offered to that, to a lot of those organizations that there, any participants can, can participate in, um, to continue their growth and development. Paul, over to you. (laughs) Well, you know, I, I agree with Kathleen on those things. There's probably a couple, two other things that I'd like to say is, is I think um, this living in a bubble, which uh, is fairly unique for 
uh, Australia, say our sport, for instance, where generally it's a domestic competition where you live at home for during the week and you play on the weekends. You might might be two or three travel travel days. I think for for the sports that aren't used to living in bubbles and being isolated, I think it's it's reminded everybody how important it is to have people within that group that athletes can share with, not just the athletes that staff can share with as well. And I think that's, um, I think that's reinforced the importance of wellbeing. I think the other thing which I think is really brought up challenges is, is everybody looking at their own relationships because it does create, it has created a lot of strain on, on, um, on your home environment, your, and your, in your, your important relationships in your life. And I think um, being able to, forcing people to reflect on that more so and being being really honest about in those relationships about about you know how you're feeling and the stresses and the, the challenges that are coming ahead and and um we've actually just gone into another lockdown here in in australia so um our families and players have been separated again i think that's i think that's that that holistic approach about making sure all those things in the athlete's life is is, is taken care of and, and family being one of those and and you know having a happy family is a is a happier athlete. So I think that's one thing that I think we will take away, in that we need to continue to work harder in that space and get and get the athlete to reflect on, on on those relationships that, that are very important to them. Yeah, that self reflection piece is you know in a lot of cases it's been thrust on people that haven't had a chance to do that, and if they don't have the resources available to help them kind of manage that as they go through their process, it can be a bit jarring. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly, as you said, when you're completely locked into a bubble. So uh, that's a great point. Um, I think the next direction I was looking to take, and again, Stephanie, feel free to chime in here, but where, if you were to kind of examine where you want pads to be, uh, and if you were to try and get other people to understand the direction that this organization wants to go and, and where it can go and the impact it can have, what would you want those folks that are maybe a little bit newer to the organization to understand about, you know, where we think we're going and, and the potential impact of it as we can kind of continue to grind into the, uh, into the 2020s here. Well, I think um, from, from my perspective, I always look at pads as, as the, the pinnacle body in this area. And in Australia, we'd look at like we're trying to establish national bodies, um, which uh, it's almost like a governance over what we do, um, which comes to the profession as a minimum standard, minimum qualifications and, and standards of practice. And, uh, and, and it would be great if, and this is my perception of PADS, that PADS becomes that international benchmark uh, almost like a, I'm not saying a governing body, but a but a, a group that actually looks at minimum standards and um, minimum qualifications, and um, I'm not saying an appeals process, but but just the body that that um, the game can go to. And again, when we reflect on say the COVID things, often what people will say is the medical advice is that's what when they're making comments about decisions around restrictions in the community and I, and I see that as similar to the pads and that the pads group says this 
or the PADS group. And I think everybody uh, feeling like you need a national group and an international group as well. And that's the way that I would perceive PADS as being, is just being the pinnacle thing. So all these national groups can say, well, this is, this is the world's best practice, not, not, just, not just the country's, but a world's best practice. And that's why I feel like it's really, it, it's great when we have other, other sports involved from different countries that, um, uh, that, are, that are looking for the same thing. They're looking for guidance. So um, that, that's the way that I would, I would, I think that the pads could be in, in a position to be that body. That's an interesting thought. And, and again, I think, uh, uh, I think that's an awesome aspiration. And I think, uh, I think we need to continue to drive down that road. Kathleen, I'll throw it to you. I, I mean, my, my thoughts are very similar. Um, so just to complement um, what Paul mentioned, I, I really see that as being um, a direction um, that we're headed and, and what we strive for. Um, in addition to that, I think some of more of the building blocks that we can also offer that and continue to expand upon. There's been some wonderful research being done in this area, and we have a research summit where we've seen some brilliant minds present, um, you know, some of their studies um, to us, and I and that will continue to grow, and um, and that those resources will be available through pads and. Um, really contribute to the field and the promotion of the field. Um, and, and then also our education programs. So certif- so more individuals can become specialists, um, athlete development specialists, and, um, and encouraged to do so um, as hiring practices are looking for that as a specialty, as part of um, who they, if we're going to hire in this space, what is your background? You may have a come from a variety of different backgrounds um, and complement that with an, being by being an athlete development specialist, which becomes highly regarded in our field. Um, so those are, uh, you know, along the same lines to complement just um, as we become leaders, that be, that's a very valuable specialty to have. Completely concur. Uh, and for those of you guys that don't know, uh, that are new to pads is that we actually do have a athlete development certificate or athlete development specialist certificate that we offer through the university of Florida. So if you're ever, uh, looking to improve your ability to do work in the space, make sure you check that out. And as, uh, Kathleen alluded to, uh, we have had, I think four years if I'm not mistaken of our, uh, research symposium that focuses specifically on athlete development research. Uh, which unfortunately we're not having a similar podcast series focused on research, but we're having quite a few elite level academics talk about um, issues related to athlete development uh, during the podcast series that we put together here for this year. So those are phenomenal points, guys. And I guess, you know, you keep talking about it is that, and I, I always want to come back to this because I think it's absolutely critical that people understand is that this really is a giving and caring community that has continually, you know, embraced new people into it, uh, has gone out of its way to try and help uh, people that are working in this space. And I think that's one of the coolest things about it is that whether you're coming from Australia, you're coming from Europe, you're coming from South America, or you're, you're here in, in North America, the willingness to share is, is real. And I think that is uh it's one of the best parts about this particular group, and it's one of the best parts of this of this field. I guess if you could give anybody any advice based on your experiences, 
what would you want to give to that young athlete development specialist out there about, you know, how they can make their way in this field and, and how exciting it can potentially be? I think my advice is to, um, is to um, pursue, pursue your studies and uh, in um, athlete development specialist, become an athlete development specialist, attend, attend the summits, get engaged with the organization. Um, and, and, and it's truly building the relationships, learning about the field, what the opportunities are, because they are vast. Um, they are, um, they are um, rewarding and, um, and, and it's lifetime relationships. So um, my, if you, if you want to be in the field, um, join, join pads, become a, become a part of it, get active and, um, and, and you'll learn a lot along the way. Yeah, but I, I, and I'll just add to that. I think, you know, everybody has something to offer. And I think um, the, the, our types of roles are people roles, they're, they're caring roles, they're service roles. I think really it's just about people, but, but it's really important that you have a framework to work from in, 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 in these roles. And, and I think as Kathleen mentioned, the education is so important and often the, the, the academic education is very important, but the education and just learning from other people, if you can just have that growth mindset where you can learn from anybody and everyone can learn from you. And I think that's probably the most important thing. If you've got that sort of attitude, then, then, um, you know, PADS is a great network to allow that to flourish. You know, as I think about the words that have been shared and I think about the journey of the organization, um, this, the field of athlete development, player development, player engagement has truly evolved in the last 20 years where 20 years ago, it was just another coach. And, and now um, it is such a valued profession where the certifications, the education, the experience are really valued and required. So it's such a great time to get involved because you're not only going to be in a field that is um, needed and is important, but it's also valued because the work that you're doing off the field, off the, the pitch, off the court is truly benefiting the individual, the organization, um, through in and throughout. So it's, it's exciting to be sitting here looking at the individuals on this podcast and thinking, wow, look how far we've come. Totally, totally agree with that. In fact, I was just actually thinking in my head, like 20 years ago, we didn't even know what the hell to call ourselves. What are we? What do we do? Who are we? <laughs> so and you think to where we are now, it's, it's a great point, Steph. I always have a nugget or two. Having been around for a bit. Yeah. I think that's the beauty of having been around a little while. You can, you can reflect on how far it has grown. And, um, and, uh, and that's something to be really proud of because I think sometimes in this space, you've just got to be patient. You know that things will grow. You've just got to sow little seeds and it'll grow. And, and that's what I feel like 10 years ago when I went to that first conference. Jeffrey, and I remember giving that presentation and I think now you, you've, it, everyone's just grown. Like everyone has really grown and, and uh, you know, it's just that it's such a great thing to be part of. Absolutely. And I think, um, I, I think we'll probably wrap it here, but I, I really do want to acknowledge uh, for the folks that are listening to this is that, you know, we've been extraordinarily fortunate to have 
both Kathleen and Paul be on the line. And again, their contribution to the field over, over many years has is, is, is been immense and their contributions to pads has also been extraordinarily significant. So I want to thank you guys for making the time to jump on here. I know you guys are, are jamming. you got one guy in a lockdown and uh, the other lady who is uh, trying to make sure we're not back in one, if I'm not mistaken, would probably be my hunch. So uh, with that, I just want to thank you guys again for making the time to talk about pads, where you see it growing. And again, uh, remain excited that even though we're not physically getting together, we'll still be able to uh, enjoy some pads uh, and Athlete Development Summit content. And that we'll be sure that 2022 Summit in New York will be an absolute kicker. That's for sure. <laughs> we look forward to it. Can't wait to celebrate. Absolutely. And with that, friends, again, many thanks to Kathleen. Thanks for hopping on. Thanks to Paul for getting up early in Sydney. And again, thanks to my colleague, Stephanie, for hopping on. Thanks a ton for your time, guys. And look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you. Be well, everybody. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. And more importantly, we greatly appreciate your support of PADS. We'd also like to acknowledge the support of our global partners for their ongoing support of all of our initiatives, including the Athlete Development Podcast Series. Again, be sure to be on the lookout for information regarding live Q&A sessions. And we urge you to continue to dive deep into all of the different podcasts that we're bringing to you over the coming weeks. Again, thanks for your interest and for your support of PADS.